T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. Ben Alpert helping us out on the other side of the glass. If you would like to get involved in the show, the Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line is 69306. But joining us now on the leadoff hotline is Kent Swanson. He's on Twitter at Kent underscore Swanson. And you can read his work at Arrowhead Pride, where he's the lead draft and film analyst for Arrowhead Pride. Kent, how you doing this morning, man? I cannot complain. It's on a weekend. And I'm talking to my guy, BK. I don't know what else I could be asking for, my man. I like it. I like it. All right, kid. Let's start with this because I was just talking about the franchise, the uh, Chiefs' new television show that they are running biweekly, which means every other week for those of you out there that are, tried to find it last week like I did. I, I never found it, and then I found out that it's biweekly. So this, I, I made the mistake too, man. I made the exact same mistake. I'm glad I'm not alone. Um, <laughs> This week on the show... They showed Brett Veach talking with Clark Hunt, and I want to play this clip for you and for the audience who may have missed this earlier. They showed them talking about cornerbacks in this year's draft. Here's the clip. I'll ask you about it on the other side. Where do you feel this draft is the strongest? I think it's it, every year is different, but I think the cool thing for us is, um, you know, I think there's a lot of corners that we like, and in particular that first, second round, I think there's four or five guys that are really interesting. All right, Kent, you know how this stuff works. The Chiefs are producing this thing on their own. The Chiefs know exactly who their target audience is for a show like this. It is people like you and me, people like most of our listeners in this audience who are diehard Chiefs fans, and people who have specifically been talking about the cornerback situation since the NFL draft, saying, what the hell are the Chiefs going to do with their cornerback situation? Do you agree with me that this was a wink and a nod to Chiefs fans, that the Chiefs understand that they have a cornerback problem, they acknowledge their cornerback problem, and they're going to try to fix their cornerback problem? BK, they spent more time breaking down corners they didn't select than Nico <laughs> Hardman. They are screaming at you, we're not happy at cornerback. I honestly, uh, and I, I give the Chiefs credit for this, it was kind of unprecedented. I watched some of these other team shows, kind of like what the Chiefs do. Uh, I've never seen a team admittedly show what their opinion of players they didn't take were. They were breaking down the cornerback's Specifically, there was probably a reason that the Chiefs wanted Brett Veach and Clark Hunt talking about corners to be filmed because they probably were anticipating grabbing one of these guys at some point. I mean, it's blatantly obvious. And you hear a lot of people talking about, well, maybe they're just happy with Charvarius Ward. Maybe they're just happy with Brashad Breeland, who they paid $2 million. Maybe they're happy with Kendallfoot. They're not. Stop it. They know they need another cornerback, and they just flat out told you on their show. Yeah, and it's like it's one thing for Brett Veach the night of the draft to come out and say, and he did say this, and we all we played it here on this show. I know a lot of Chiefs fans saw this after the fact, but he came out and said after the day two picks, hey, we wanted a cornerback, but they went off the board quickly. And you never know how true that is, but 
when he says that, and then about a month and a half, two months later, he confirms it on the uh, the t- the team produced the team run television show. I I just I don't know how anybody could possibly say to themselves that the Chiefs don't understand, don't know that they need another cornerback. Yeah, and, and they they flat out told you now, which is great. They they and I think if you just look at it on its face, like I know there's some reasons to be optimistic about a guy like Charvarius Ward, sure. and you know you're hoping Kendall Fuller playing in a, a, a scheme that probably plays to his skill sets a little bit more, like what you saw with him with the Redskins, and also you know who had their best you know year was was next to Kendall Fuller was Bashad Breeland. So like I mean you can talk yourself into all these things. There's still not a lot of talent over there. There's not a true number one cornerback. There's not a lot of true number cor- number one cornerbacks available right now. Probably won't be one available until week one. Maybe there's a couple. But, you know, keep an eye on, you know, maybe six weeks into the season that there's a move. A team's given up, uh, you know, six, eight weeks into the season. Maybe that's when they go make their move to go acquire more talent. We're talking with Kent Swanson. He's the lead draft and film analyst for Arrowhead Pride. He's joining us here on the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. All right, let's get into a few other things here, Kent, because I wanted to ask you about the Chris Jones situation. Earlier this week, Sam Mellinger wrote a column basically saying they are far apart on talks. Our own Bob Fesco said he's hearing it's about $25 million in terms of the guaranteed money that could potentially be holding this up. Listen, I I typically say until we get closer to training camp, until we get probably two weeks into training camp, I don't worry about this stuff because I think more often than not, the deals end up getting done and the deadlines are what make those deals get done. But are you worried at all at this point that Chris Jones is not going to come to an agreement on a long-term contract with the Chiefs this offseason? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit concerned. I, I, I wouldn't say like the, the emergency signal's on for me quite yet, but I, it's pretty obvious based on some of the things that you're hearing, specifically on NFL Network, that... You know, the Chiefs wanted Chris Jones in here to interact with this new coaching staff, interact with a new culture, because, I mean, Britt Reed's not his positional coach anymore. Andy Reed's son is not his positional coach anymore. It's, a, it's Brendan Daly, who's one of the most energetic defensive line coaches I've ever seen in my entire life. It's a different vibe. It's a different culture. I'm sure they want to see those guys interacting together, working together. Kind of, you know, Chris Jones is a fun guy, but... I mean, this is a different culture for him. So I'm, I, I don't blame the Chiefs necessarily for wanting to kind of get a view of him and see how they interact. I still think they're going to pay him, and I still think the Chiefs want to pay him. But I just, it, I kind of think they wanted him here just to get a little bit of a vibe of, of how this thing kind of will go before they hand over a hundred and you know a hundred million dollars or whatever it's going to wind up being. No, and that's fair. I understand. I, I can understand some of the concerns, some of the things that maybe make them hesitant. It's specifically like Chris Jones has had one great year, so I can understand being a little bit hesitant to hand him over sixty million dollars in guarantees. But at the end of the day. Chris Jones is a incredible talent, and he does the thing that is the most valuable in the NFL right now, which is get pressure up the middle. So I, I still si- tend to lean on the side of they're going to get something done, but I suppose it's possible they don't. We're talking with Kent Swanson. He's the lead draft and film analyst for Arrowhead Pride. Uh, Kent, you specifically mentioned the coaching staff, and you mentioned Brendan Daly. I wanted to ask you about Steve Spagnolo because – most of what we've heard about Spags, most of the love that we've heard for this coaching staff is basically something to the effect of they're doing their jobs. Like, at some point, it does come down to the coaches are coaching 
And that's what we're seeing at camp, and this is surprising. And so I wanted to ask you, are we going a little overboard with the loves for Steve Spagnolo and this new staff with the fact that they are just competent at their jobs and it's so different for us that we're not sure how to react? I, I mean, I think that last little line is kind of the, the key piece of this, right? I mean, the, the expectation of having a coaching staff do their job is not something we've been able to say about the defensive staff. And the, the, the truth is, though, and the reality of this is, though, that if your expectation is that the Chiefs are now a top-10 defense because Steve Spagnuolo is competent enough to do what he wants and he do his job compared to what we saw at Bob Sutton and staff last year, then you're going to be disappointed. But if you think the things and, and the base-level expectations of doing your job, being a, a good communicator, spending time with your players, if you think all those things can help you get one third and ten stop in three opportunities when your team is, is, has got uh, the Patriots on the ropes in overtime, if you think they can get one stop, then you should, I mean, you should be excited, right? I mean, I think the, the whole thing about this, there's a disconnect between, you know, the expectations of what Steve Spagnuolo brings in regards to, you know, they, some people think he's a, they're going to be a top 10 defense, but they don't need a top 10 defense. They need the 20th best defense in football. They need the 23rd best defense in football. That is enough for this team to win a Super Bowl. And I think that's really what people are excited about is just competency on the defensive side of the ball is enough for this team to do the things that they want to do and be a legitimate contender. So I'm with you. Um, I would be curious from your perspective, Kent, because you watch as much, if not more, of this team than basically anybody else. What do you think are realistic expectations for the defense? You said potentially getting to 20th. Is, is that kind of where you're expecting them to be when, all, when the season comes to an end? So, yeah, I think 20th is relatively acceptable. Um, I, it's kind of hard to piece this thing together because, again, you know, nine of the 11 starters on this defense were not here last year. These are, this is a new group. This is just a complete roster. It's an important point, Kent, because I think some people are like comparing this defense right now to what they did a year ago, and it's almost unfair to do so. You've got none of the same coaching staff. Like you said, nine of the 11 starters are different. Like it's, it, it's almost difficult to compare what they are now to what they were a year ago. Right. So then you kind of got to look at, you, you look at some of the individual traits and qualities that they have, and there's a lot of good things there. And then you kind of just look at, you know, I, I think this is where you kind of start talking about Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark, because, you know, if you told Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark that the Chiefs fans just want the 20th best defense in football, they'd be irritated. You know, they, they've got, they've really done a good job of building this culture. They've got quality talent on that side of the ball. And I think, I think they've got, you know, more than enough talent to be the 20th best defense in football, but there's a higher standard for that group. And, and continuing to push and improve and grow that and develop that side of the ball, um, I think is, is what really takes this thing and, and makes them, you know, capable of being the 20th best defense in football, which is all Chiefs fans want, but what people in that building are going to be irritated by. And that's a good thing for this team, for this franchise, for this culture on this football team. Um, but that's that's the reason to get excited and believe. You know, it's possible for them to be enough, more than enough. You know, twentieth is, is plenty. Is, is plenty good for them to win a Super Bowl. We're talking with Kent Swanson. You can find him on Twitter. He's at Kent underscore Swanson. He's the lead draft and film analyst for Arrowhead Pride. Final question for you, Kent: What is something relating to the Chiefs right now that you think Chiefs fans aren't talking enough about? 
I mean, I, I for one, am still. I, I, I don't know if uh, I don't know how. I, I feel like there's a disconnect between um, these these Byron Pringles and Garrett Dieters and and Demarcus Robinson. Like, there's this expectation that these guys are are five, six hundred, seven hundred yard receivers. I see this a lot. They expect one of these guys to be. Um, a legitimate wide receiver too. Um, Tyree Kill's situation throws a giant wrench into this offense. I, you know, I still think you know they have plenty there with Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey, but I think you need to slow down the expectations of these second-tier wide receivers. I see too much optimism from these guys. People need to kind of pump the brakes on it. Um, they need they need a weapon like Tyree Kill like to make this offense what it is makes a very dicey situation, obviously. Um, but I think people need to pump the brakes on the expectations for these tier two offensive weapons, even though Patrick Mahomes is throwing them the football. He is Kent Swanson. He's on Twitter at Kent underscore Swanson. And you can read his work, Arrowhead Prides, where you find it, where he is the lead draft and film analyst for them. Kent, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us this morning. Anytime, bud. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.